What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Perpetually Correct, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. The first quarantine edition, just me and JB. What's going on, my man? How you doing? Man, we're back here. Uh, I guess we, last time we did a podcast, we were talking Super Bowl, and we really haven't had much sports since, which is kind of odd. Like, it, it's... So you and I go through this every year, the Super Bowl ends, and then we're kind of in that lull between the and March Madness starting. Right, yeah. And it is truly like doldrums, and then it like it's like we got through the doldrums, and then it just came to a screeching halt all the way around. Well, I, and I was thinking about this the other day, J-Mac. I remember texting you about going to the Mavericks game that night where the NBA got cut off like a couple weeks yes. ago. I was like, hey, I'm going to be in town that week. Let's go Tuesday night. And I think... You're like, hey, I can't go. But I was thinking, like, what a weird night that would have actually been to. And that game was pretty empty, if I remember right. It was like a Tuesday, I believe. So, okay, so I had asked you to go to the Memphis game that Friday, yep. right? And then because yep. you, you were still traveling, so you couldn't go. And then right. I went on Sunday to the Pacers game, and that was the last one I went to. And then yep. you and I were talking about going that Tuesday. Yep. And then, but it had already and honestly man like i went for that pacers game and when i was there like that was whenever everything was really kind of starting to unfold ramping up yeah. yeah and i was like i don't know that i feel comfortable being here so much you know like <laughs> just I mean, touching everything you're like god well, why it was there a stars game last night what was going on in the seat well we talked about it on on the break but like i i walked up at one point and, like everybody's there washing their hands and, and which is great like want to see it right now but, like, I'm sitting there, like, weighing my options, and I'm like, well, that's a whole crowd of people, though. And, like, things are bound to, t- like, everything's, like, you know, touchless except for, I think, the soap, and right. s- which is unbelievable, by the way. And I, I I weighed the options, and I was like, well, I think I'm far enough away from people. I don't think I'm far enough away from people. I'm foregoing the hand washing. I'm sorry. Like, it, <laughs> that seemed way more dangerous. It really did. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's, hey, it, we're led to this point, and I know we've talked about it enough so we probably don't want to bore folks too much with quarantine but it's I mean, crazy the, though <laughs> the, i mean the fact that we really haven't had anything significant since then and now the biggest events the draft coming up in two weeks from tonight jmac and uh, w- we've all prepared for this i've done many nfl uh fantasy drafts on espn and it sounds like it's going to be the same thing and i hope i hope that they take espn things like mel kuyper's ranks all of his players and then the screen is just the same fantasy draft screen that you see when you do your teams he's like best available and then when it's like a minute left in the team selection you get to see like jerry jones trying to navigate the drop down for running back and scrolling through and reading mel kuyper's little write-up like, all right let's pull the trigger on this kid his name uh, reminds me of Emmett back in the day. Uh, we're going to pull our, and then he clicks it. Oh, boom, shit, takes I was on auto draft. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You know, yeah, like, so Bill O'Brien and Jerry back to back on auto draft. Oh, and then suddenly man. Bella checks up and you're just, everyone's confused. Oh, so and, much Joe Burrow still sitting there somehow. It just, there's so much going on. Here. <laughs> yeah. So then, then you're going to have like, you know, you're going to have another team weighing in here. You're going to have like Mike Zimmer's never used a computer going hey we got a redraft guys i missed our picks like come on you know you get the one guy so that's my hope for how they do this nfl draft is they they just have fun with it and set it up the same way we have fantasy football draft to screw with everyone i mean i think it'd be funny that would be great i mean you and i talked about going to vegas for it because it was going to be such a big deal this year oh yeah i mean the players taking boat rides to this to the fountain of announcing and you know, Roger Goodell, everyone's going to be blinged out. I, I mean, it's really disappointing from that standpoint because it was going to be probably one of the more theatrical. Is that the right word for this year? <laughs> that's I a mean, word. I mean, that's definitely a word. I don't know that it would have been that great. I think it would have been awesome to be there, but I don't know that it would have been awesome to watch on TV for too long. I mean, you and I are going to watch the draft no matter what happens, right. but by the time you get to like the later rounds and stuff. Well, I guess that first round probably good. They're going to put yeah. on the theatrics. Maybe the second round wouldn't have been at. You're like, okay, this is. It's eleven. It's it's nine a.m. in Vegas, eleven central, and people are chugging beers with mm-hmm. uh, these, you know, flamingo dancers out on stage. This is not. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little much. I'm still having a white Russian here. You know, I'm still uh, trying uh, to. Uh, Get the day I know, going. right? So I, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm glad they're still doing it, though. I know there's a mixed bag here and. Everyone's saying they should have canceled it, postponed it. But, I mean, what's the alternative here? I mean, we they have completed their season. This isn't like baseball 
where the college kids haven't gone through their season and graduated. These guys don't have another year of eligibility like the spring sports do. We don't really have a timetable for any major sports getting back on track. So from my standpoint, I mean, we know through the end of April and probably a part of May, there's going to be isolation at some point here. So when you're talking about rookie mini camps ramping up and, you know, the NFL's goal is to, you know, still have their normal schedule starting in September. So if you're looking at that timeline, really postponing this draft only hurts the rookies and the teams. I certainly get from a standpoint of being able to scout, bring these kids in, have their actual pro days and be able to measure these kids up to maybe more specific numbers is a big deal. But I guess from my standpoint of keeping everything fluid throughout the rest of the season, I am glad to see them staying on course with the NFL draft because I guess my overall concerns, which I'm interested on your thoughts with this too, is if we did postpone it, let's just say and not put a date on it. I mean, once we're wrap or, you know, ramping back up into things, let's say in June and you have a draft then in July and August starts the preseason, what does that really look like for these teams at that point? So uh, from my standpoint, I'm fine with keeping it, but I'm curious on your thoughts on if you think they should have postponed it. I mean, I I understand where the sentiment comes from. I do. I, I understand the like the safety of it and everything. I, I love though. This is a sidebar, real quick. I want to get back to that that exact question, <laughs> but like I, I do love that people are like freaking out about like how Jerry and Steven get to be in the same room together, and it's like, well. I mean, they still got to make the right pick. So, like, let's just let's everybody <laughs> calm down. I understand the interconnectedness of it all, and that's what people seem to be worried about. And I, I think the lack of of medical, like medicals, you get to do on guys is probably the biggest concern for keeping it right now. Just because you can't do the proper evaluation of these guys without your team doctors and you know all the stuff that they do pre-draft yeah. and go through i think that's probably a bigger concern to me than anything else um I, I i get what they're trying to do they're trying to maintain a sense of normalcy and say okay we're hoping that by the time we get to the fall that this isn't going to be as much of a problem but i mean you and i talked about this the other day quite frankly i don't see a time where i'm going to feel comfortable going into a huge crowd of people in the very near future no, no, I, I would be shocked if we started the season with fans. I, I mean, there's so many things that can happen before then, but uh, I get your side of, you know, the medicals. That's certainly very important in this process, but there's been a number of years way before back then in the 90s and 80s. These guys did not go through the extensive uh, medicals that we see that they go through today where every team gets to touch them. We used to be in a time frame where everyone participated at the NFL Combine, too, and we don't do that anymore. And these all guys put on these fluff pieces on these pro days. And then we've seen on Twitter today all these guys just completely editing these videos to show that they're all running. Everyone's running a 4-3 on their recorded video pro days now on Twitter. I haven't seen any pro- – I've seen O-linemen prospects running 4-4s out there. I mean, that's those are the guys that I want on my team, high-integrity <laughs> guys. Yeah, guys who are running four sixes at the NFL Combine last month are suddenly running four threes uh, now on their pro day. So you talk about, uh, you know, really gaining some ground. So it's interesting. I think you're going to really put a lot more weight into tape, throwing it on, seeing how these guys perform on the field. And personally, I think that may be actually better for some teams because these guys just fall in love with numbers that they see at these combines or at these pro days. Oh, they just see how fast this guy is or uh, how much he can lift or these three cone drills. So transitioning back to simply scouting tape and what they're able to do on and or just on the field, not worried about off the field without pads on may actually pay off for some of these teams uh, and eliminating any possible mistakes there. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. I, I guess I don't really know the extent of the medical thing and, and how far they go down, but I just I would have thought that. They do their their very much due diligence, but like I was saying, they still have to make the pick the right way here. Yeah, oh, I know, and I think you just extend that time out too. I mean, you know, we all still have cell phones. If your computer crashes, these guys. I mean, at the end of the day, the first round really shouldn't be an issue. These guys get 15 minutes already. Your draft board's so built out. I mean, when you listen to these GMs and guys talk about the NFL draft, typically they know who they want. They're more fielding offers possibly for the pick if you're in between 
you know, GMs are calling, going, hey, do you want to move out of this spot? You say, oh, what's your offer? You know, these guys are using that time more for that range than sure. oh, who am I going to pick? So um, I, I don't know. I'm happy it's coming forward. It gives us something to look forward to. I don't, I don't get all the belly aching. Uh, you know, we got to move forward here at some point. And then it keeps the NFL on its right course to start off in September, which I think is huge. I think people are quick to jump on canceling everything right now, which I, I get. I'm not saying that that's a wrong thing to do necessarily, but I think everybody's kind of on that bandwagon and they kind of just are looking for a reason for this to happen too. I think it'd be a very, it'll be a very different story. When we're talking about like the beginning of the season. Yeah. Like, well, I again, the, the other domino with this too is a lot of teams. There's a lot of veteran guys out there right now who aren't signing with teams until the draft happens. You know, guys like Cam Newton, guys like Jameis Winston, who aren't going to sign with a team, obviously, because there's not the demand right now, but also going to wait to see, okay, let's just say hypothetically, Cincinnati doesn't take Joe Burrow. You know, what does that do to that situation? So you want to see where these guys end up. There's a lot of veterans out there who are going to sign one-year deals, but they want to go somewhere where, you know, they don't have a first-round pick uh, breathing down their neck, possibly. So I think there's just a lot of dominoes that this helps uh, with the NFL to keep moving forward, but... Um, Hopefully they can make it work. We all have to work at home and work remotely. So uh, we, we are going to put it back on these uh, execs who have all, uh, plenty of the infrastructure to make this happen. Yeah. I mean, that's very, very true. I mean, it's, it's all antiquated in a way, right? Like, right. And so you're right. So much as of it is like, we just don't know yet. And that's the weirdest part about this whole thing. But you, the NFL is somewhat lucky when you look at it versus NBA or MLB or anything like that, where they haven't, I mean, the league year just turned over and free agency just started, you know, there's, there's a lot going on here and, but it's all off season stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I guess baseball gets to involuntarily continue that, but you know, aside from that, the league, like the NFL isn't anywhere close and it's likely to be played. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they said that in college football today, there's a lot of optimism there. So uh, hopefully we get that. And I know you guys have well-documented on the outfielder and on the break, kind of where your guys are heads at with, you know, starting that back up and the, and the mechanics there. So certainly check that out. But um, yeah, I guess, should we dive into some free agency and what we've seen take place so far in this off season, J Mac? Let's do it, my man. Well, I mean, I know we, we have a couple easy to start with. Let's look at some quarterbacks. I would say kind of the biggest shock to me, uh, outside of certainly some bigger names moving, but Drew Brees was coming back to New Orleans, mm -hmm. and so is Taysom Hill. Yeah. Um, Wait, no, they Taysom, didn't he sign in Carolina? No, no, Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, Teddy Bridgewater. That's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. Taysom Hill is coming back to uh, New, New Orleans, Orleans. And, and I guess I wanted to start there for two reasons. One, because you know, pretty disappointing seeing Brees kind of end the year. He looked like a guy in his forties, a normal aging forty-year-old quarterback. Didn't have the zip. Um, it just kind of looked like, hey, 16 games is a really long season for someone at that point and taking some hits. Um, and then Taysom Hill was certainly all offseason talking about how he feels like he can step in and be an NFL quarterback. Um, and he wasn't going to go back to New Orleans if Drew Brees was there. Well, uh, we take a step back. He's still there. And so is Drew Brees. So I guess in your mind, do you see Drew Brees kind of redoing what he's done so far they added emmanuel sanders which is a nice second wide receiver for them um you know hopefully alvin kamara comes back healthy but i guess from my point of view i'm, I'm worried about a 40 year old quarterback and also another young kid trying to bring down his neck and taste hill yeah no that's a very valid concern here and i i i think this is one of those things where i think the saints are going to let drew Brees come back as long as drew Brees wants to that's what this feels like to me. And I understand that yeah. from the standpoint. My, having like, Being someone who's my team just parted ways with, you know, a 43-year-old quarterback, which we'll get to in a minute, I understand. Like, it's one of those things that is a respect deal at some point. But at the same time, like, you do have to consider what everything looks like going forward. And it seems like they've considered that given that they're bringing Taysom Hill back. Yeah. And that's huge. And I, I wasn't surprised to see, obviously, we knew – uh, Teddy was going to be elsewhere like that was that was a given but it it really does speak volumes about their confidence and where things are headed and I mean I think this does nothing but help Taysom Hill though yeah I would say so too and I think we'll probably see him get some more snaps um I'd be I just think they're gonna look for ways to keep Breeze fresh 
and, and Hill can take the brunt. He's shown that he can wing the ball. I don't think Taysom Hill's an NFL starter. I, I mean, I don't. I think he's a great weapon to have. I mean, there, there's kind of these guys once every decade or so kind of come along like him where he can play wide receiver. You know, it's just he's such a Swiss Army knife, mm-hmm. and teams try to force that sometimes. You've seen guys like Joe Webb who played for the Vikings. He played for the Texans. He's played all over yeah. where, you know, he was a kick returner. He started a quarter. He started at quarterback in a playoff game in green Bay as the Vikings starting quarterback. And then he's played running back. So you see these guys where they try to force him in and that's what he's best at. And so I applaud him for certainly wanting to be a starting NFL quarterback. But I think if he accepts this type of role, uh, you know, he's going to thrive. I don't know if he'll thrive once breeze is gone or if he continues to go downhill, but so uh, time to tell is the is this like a situation where we're using like garbage time just to put him in type of thing or is this like just play it see how it goes and we'll figure it out as we go is that kind of where yeah. we're at i guess that's all, that's all i think it's just, like you can you see more packages with them right yeah. i mean yeah. you bring them in i mean yeah to your point maybe later in games if you are running it up hey you know breeze is broken you know any record he's gonna break has been broken mm-hmm. uh you know at this point i don't think you're you're just kind of padding stats so yeah uh, it will be interesting i mean he he's much older they got manuel sanders alvin kamar i think will be healthier i just think at some point you got to try to take a few hits away from him because they just looked gassed near the end of the year last year with that whole crew. So I, that, that one was interesting to me. I thought he was going to retire, which is why I wanted to bring it up. I thought he yeah. was done. I, I think, I think if they would have maybe gone to a super bowl or just not laid an egg versus Minnesota in the playoffs, we may have seen him retire, but you probably got a lot of a burning fire and you going out the way they did. So, um, but Hey, you mentioned it, Tom Brady to the Buccaneers five, or two two years, $50 million. Um, I guess the natural question is the fit in Tampa. And more of the question for that is, you know, Bruce Arians' style is, you know, stand in the pocket, throw it downfield, get hit, um, take those licks. I mean, Kurt Warner kind of had a tough, tough end of it. Uh, tough guy, certainly stayed in there. Winston uh, didn't really adapt to that. He couldn't really see the field. He was getting hit too much, throwing wobbly balls. So, I guess it's two questions. Can Brady adjust to that type of offense, or do you think that Bruce Arians will adjust to his game uh, and move away from that down the field, hit, taking hits in the pocket with a 43-year-old quarterback? So, yeah, th- admittedly, this is hard to talk with, uh, talk about without bias, right? But right. I'll say this. like, I do wonder about that. Like, I brought that up on Twitter the other day, and while it was at a, a time right after it had happened. Like, I've watched him for the past few years, and, like, he – I mean, this year he looked fine. Like, he, this this past year was not his fault. He didn't have the weapons that he normally would have, and that's – it is what it is. I'm not making excuses for the guy because he definitely could have done more in a lot of different scenarios, but we won't go into that. But I really think, though, that he's lost a little bit, but it's not, like, a n- noticeable difference too much. He's got a lot of weapons here, though, and that's what's going to be, I mean, having Mike Evans and Godwin and then, I mean, so what's their running back situation like? I don't even really know. Yeah, so Ronald Jones is going to be entering his third year, a very early pick from a couple years ago from USC. Uh, Rookie year just kind of got battered around. I think he, he was 20 years old when he was drafted to give some context, and I think it was just too much for where he was at just not mature as a player uh, had a great year last year I would say that they have certainly been in the market for a veteran running back and or to be drafting uh, I would look at Clyde Edwards Sierra from LSU I think would be a natural fit great pass catching back obviously you probably saw him a lot at LSU with Joe Burrow um, so that's a kid that I'd be looking out for uh, on the running back, but I think they'll add. So, and, you know, like Dion Lewis, uh, a guy who spent a couple of years in Tennessee after a number of years in new England with Brady. So I think Dion Lewis is certainly a name to watch just from the familiarity with Brady and what he wants to do. Uh, and I think that would just kind of give him a nice blanket. And uh, we've seen kind of the past 48 hours, the Gronk rumors popping up. Uh, I'm not sure there's a lot of merit to those. Uh, we saw over the weekend, uh, Gronk was on what WWE uh, winning a, a belt or something. So yep. uh, he's got a contract there. That's pretty lucrative. So I'm not necessarily jumping on this bandwagon that Gronk wants to come back. I am jumping on the fact that he's got the LeBron James factor that uh, a ton of players do want to come there. 
And it has been very well documented that players and their agents are reaching out to Tampa saying, hey, looks like, you know, you, you guys could use some depth in the secondary. My guy's willing to take, you know, a million or two less to come play. So, and this is my point with the NFL draft. These veterans want to see who guys draft. I mean, T- Tampa does have some issues on their secondary and offensive line. Uh, probably can attract plenty of guys there, but we need those chips to fall first from the draft. I mean, are we really doing the super team thing in the NFL now? I guess that's what's happening, and which is fine, but I, I worry about building that around the base of a 43-year-old quarterback. Well, I think that's why you're seeing veterans going, hey, one-year deal, right. let's go for it. Bruce Arians has coached teams to Super Bowls, well-respected guy. I mean, I don't think Tampa's really that far off from a team. I really liked what they had last year. The defense was fairly underrated. Uh, <laughs> obviously, when you have a quarterback throw, uh, you know, 30-plus interceptions, <laughs> you're not going to win a lot of games. No, that's definitely tough. So um, I like what, what Tom's stepping into here. I think they will adjust the offense around him. But, uh, J-Mac, to your point, and I was very critical of the Patriots throughout last season, and you certainly heard the other end of that voice. Um, but I took advantage of the NFL game pass, which if you guys don't know, uh, free to watch any game from the past 10 years on NFLGamePass.com. Go sign up for that. That's through May 30th, so uh, shameless plug for them. But if you go back through to your point, Tom Brady really doesn't look any different than he has the past handful of years. I mean, he's no. certainly not in his prime, um, sure. but I wouldn't necessarily say there's been a drastic difference from what I've seen out of uh, his zip or production from his late thirties, I really didn't see that drop off. So I'm actually fairly excited to see him now get weapons to your point, And that's what I hammered on all year. The offense was not the same. They're trying to run an offense that was built around having Gronk, having an elite outside receiver. And they didn't have either one. So um, I just think there's a lot to like about the situation he's stepping into. And I'm very intrigued what they do in the draft, and then also what free agents there may be able to come in, like a guy like Everson Griffin maybe, you know, help solidify that D end and uh, give them some depth. So, Are you surprised that Brady left New England? No, and I'm actually kind of excited now to see what Bill can do too on his own. Uh, because to be quite honest, it's not like he's had the healthiest track record without Brady. I mean, Cleveland is Cleveland, you know, that's well before Tom. But even in the years where Brady has gotten hurt or suspended, it's not like he's got a sterling record. And uh, before Bledsoe got hurt, it's not like the Patriots were lighting it up by any sense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you kind of have to look at this as a situation where if Bledsoe does not get hurt, does Bilicek get fired? I mean, I'm just asking the question. I'm just no. asking the question. Bledsoe, I mean, at that point, without Brady, he is 55 and 61 as a coach. He's yeah. missed the playoffs in six out of seven seasons when he has not had Brady as a starter. And that was when he still had Bledsoe, Vinny Testaverde, uh, Kosar. I mean, he's had quarterbacks that have been proven to win in this league. So, I mean, I just go back to 2001. What would have been the situation if Bledsoe does not get hurt and he plays it out? I think he gets fired. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's hard to kind of picture. I think he probably at least had another year because the like the way the Pete Carroll thing ended was not great. So, no. I mean, I think he at least had that time just because, like, they had to see something through a little bit. You can't just keep – I mean, we watch it happen yeah. in Cleveland just about every year and look at what success it brings is absolutely none where you just cycle through coaches that doesn't work. And so I think in that respect, I think he would add more time. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, everything could have been different. I, I just – it's one of those things for me, man, like over the years, Belichick's known when to let go of guys at the right time. I think Brady, he, he said it himself, he knew going into this past year that this was probably going to be it. And I've got to trust that if Belichick's saying it's time to move on and try to get younger, try to get – you know, try to start making our offense around a younger guy like a Patrick Mahomes type of quarterback, you know, that build of guy – you know, and start adapting to what this league is doing now. I mean, I think the only way you could do that is to move on from Tom Brady. And, yeah. you know, I think it works. I think this is good for both sides, even though it doesn't I, feel great. 
I just can't wait for the documentary with both of them in it where we get to get a true story here on what I don't know. I feel like there's more to this story. To your point, this this has felt like something that's maybe been in a couple years uh, in the making. Uh, it doesn't seem like this was necessarily an overnight type of uh, execution. But, um, well, from there, we've certainly had a couple other big signings. And maybe we'll just start with some franchise tags. You know, the Cowboys franchise tag Dak. They've seemed to completely mess that whole thing up. Um, we've seen Ryan Tannehill go back to Tennessee, I guess, on a four-year, $118 million deal. Uh, J-Mac, Ryan Tannehill going back with Tennessee. I feel like that's a great choice for both sides uh, with the way that's set up. Derrick Henry's obviously coming back as well on the franchise tag. I just, you know, we, we watched Tannehill in Miami, and it really seems like there's a comfortable situation for him there. I, I'm just not sure he would have been worth that much to any other team. Am I crazy? Yeah, I agree with you, but I think the fit is really, really important. You're right, and I think that's where this this is somewhat of a match made in heaven because he came in there, really led them to a lot of success pretty quickly. Like that team kind of stunk last year until he he picked things yeah. up, and I, I, I really thought that would be where Brady would end up if anywhere other than New England. But I, I think this is a good vote of confidence, and I think they knew pretty quick this was the direction they were headed. Yeah, I would agree. So I I liked that. I, I like to see what we saw from them. Um, I love Rivers to the Colts. And, you know, I, we were just talking about aging quarterbacks. We can't get rid of Breeze, Brady, and Rivers. I mean, how long have we been talking about those guys for? Um, but I love Rivers to the Colts. I mean, Colts are a very young team. Uh, they have a lot of talent uh, along the line, obviously, that's going to solidify. He hasn't had a strong offensive line in a number of years. Uh, Paris Campbell, a uh, young wide receiver they drafted last year. Uh, I love his speed with Rivers. Obviously, they have T.Y. Hilton there as well. But it just feels like, the, I mean, the Colts last year, were that was my team heading into the year. With Andrew Luck, you know, <laughs> solidified the offensive line. Hey, we drafted some young defense. It felt like they had everything going. I love Frank Wright, too. I'm a huge Frank Wright fan. Same. I think he's one of the top five NFL coaches. I mean, it, you'd be hard-pressed for me to argue against having Frank Wright. So um, I think bringing in Rivers is just that perfect stopgap for them. Uh, it certainly allows them to have that calming presence. And they still have Jacoby Brissett backing him up, uh, which is a veteran there. Hopefully they don't need to use him. But I, I like the Rivers signing. It made a lot of sense for both ends. Uh, he gets to bring all 15 of his children up to Indianapolis. So that <laughs> I am interested because he spent – the past year driving from San Diego to LA. So yeah, is, he, I mean, is he leaving his family? I would guess so, right? I would imagine. So. Did, I think they moved back to like Florida or something like that, though. Oh, I, I haven't kept up. I'll have to check the Instagram. I don't know. But. I, yeah, I mean, same. I, w I just want to say I saw something about that on Twitter or something that they had yeah. moved back to Florida, which, you know, of course, led to all kinds of like Tampa rumors and stuff like that whenever all that was going on. So. Yeah. I, I get it. I You know me, man. I'm not a Philip Rivers believer, and I'm specifically not a Chargers believer. So I don't I don't know how this is going to go specifically. I get the vision. I also don't really know what's wrong with Jacoby Brissett other than he just got hurt a little bit last year. Guy can't throw the ball over 10 yards. I mean, he's just not he's not an NFL, he, he's not an NFL quarterback. I'm not a Jacoby Brissett fan. He's got a long-armed release. He, he sh shovels it into places. I, I'm not a big Jacoby guy. Um, mm -hmm. But, again, nice NFL backup. They're paying him a lot of money to be an NFL backup. Um, but I, I do like the Rivers signing there. And they traded for DeForest Buckner from San Francisco, which is one of the better interior linemen in the NFL. I, I mean, I hate moving a first-round pick anytime and giving a guy a big extension. But I think the Colts are just in a situation where they, they see a window right now uh, they think they have an opportunity. You know, Brady's moved. You're seeing a lot of teams now going, hey, Brady's out of the AFC. You know, you saw the Bills trade for Stephon Diggs, which is something we can talk about. I mean, you saw all these guys fire their bullets. So mm -hmm. I think that's what we're seeing with the Colts. Hey, we got Rivers. We got our quarterback. We traded for an elite lineman. We still have some draft picks. I just I think you're seeing a lot of teams throw, you know, caution to the wind now. Uh, thinking that they have a chance, little do they know, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson are going to be just as dominant for the next decade plus yeah. than Brady was as well. So um, that's going to be tough. Uh, we had Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina. I think we mentioned that a little bit ago. I, I, 
not much for me there. I mean, I'm just, I don't care. I just don't really know where Carolina is in this whole thing. Like, they seem like they need to rebuild, but they're going to try to do it on the fly is kind of what it seems like. Well, yeah, I mean, you're bringing in Matt Rule, great college coach, uh, seemed to suddenly garner a lot of NFL attention. Um, I've never really understood the parallels of just being a good recruiter and a really nice guy like everyone says Matt Rule is to never the works. NFL. That never works. Yeah, so um, there's usually not too much crossover there. There's a reason you don't see, you know, Nick Saban failed at the NFL, exceeds in the college. I mean, there's not a ton of overlap where you see guys who – win national championships compete which matt rule has not done let's be very you know forthright here he had a couple good teams at temple um moved to baylor took them over in you know all the chaos at baylor and got them back to national relevancy so great for him but um joe brady does come along uh the former new orleans uh offensive assistant in lsu oc last year and that's where there is some familiarity because Teddy and Joe Brady were in New Orleans in 2018. Uh, they bring in Robbie Anderson, uh, who had played for Matt Rule in the past. Uh, so there is some, again, they're bringing in a lot of guys that these coaching staff have worked with before, uh, which is why I think Teddy was garnered. But yeah, I'm not, it doesn't do a lot for me. I mean, yeah. what, he seems like McCaffrey's going to have another great year of catching 100 balls because he's just going to get checked down to. That's good. That's that's exactly what it feels like to me. I don't really. You're right. Like that's the best way to look at this is that it doesn't really move the needle. I mean, you look at these hot college hires and stuff like that. That's how you end up with guys like Greg Schiano. You know where they oh, just God. like I know he's not that kind of guy, but like you know that doesn't always work out as well as it maybe maybe he just his rise to prominence was very quick, and I get that yeah. he had a lot of success at Baylor quickly, but like uh, you know. It, I don't know. It's weird. Something feels off to me. I just, just I, I, yeah. I like, you know, great, cool. Hire. But in that division, I don't see how they stand a chance. You got the Saints in there. You got Tampa. You got Atlanta, whatever the hell they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, this seems so irrelevant to me on this scale. And their defense is horrendous. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't have a lot to say on the Panthers on what they're doing. Um, other big sign, or I guess some big free agents. We got Jameis Winston and Cam Newton still floating out there to kind of round out this quarterback uh, free agent signings. Um, I guess is there a natural fit for either? Because right now, like we've talked about, there's not really a big hole anywhere for quarterbacks. I mean, everyone wants to talk about the Chargers. Um, Anthony Lynn, for whatever reason, loves Tyrod Taylor. He coached with them when he was in Buffalo. How we have you and I hate Anthony Lynn. Are we the only two people? Because how does this guy still have a job? Kyle hates him too. Kyle's absolutely astounded. Like it was funny. I brought him up the other day about something, and Kyle's like, "Wait, he's still the coach there?" I, I was know. Like, yes. I don't know. I don't understand. Um. I yeah, dude. I I, the, I like Tyrod Taylor just fine. I, I don't know. That just he's not. He's to me not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He just isn't. Yeah, I mean, he's made a nice career filling it. He's kind of had that Case Keenum career where it's like, okay, well, you know, he can get you through a season. Great backup to have. You want him as your backup. Um, I just, to me, it is shocking if they if they don't draft a quarterback. Let's just hypothetically, the Chargers don't draft to uh, Justin Herbert. Yeah. Don't get a guy in the first round. And it would be astounding to me that Jameis Winston and Cam Newton would not both be i would sign them both yeah. i give them both 12 million bucks each for one year you're gonna come in and compete prove it you know what hey you're gonna get these snaps you're you know i'm gonna pick someone by week one we're gonna give it a try you, if you want a starting job coming freaking compete for it i'm gonna have two former number one picks um and as anthony lynn if you're trying to keep your job you're hanging your you know your hat on tyrod taylor a mid 30-year-old guy who kind of wasn't a quarterback at some point in his NFL career. Remember when he came in, he was like returning kicks. They tried him out at wide receiver. Speaking of one of those guys. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, exactly. Then he ended up having kind of that one run in Buffalo. It's just like, what is going? So to me, that's what I would do. But He had the unfortunate situation of Rex Ryan being his coach, too, and that doesn't help anything at all. No, that does not. And then I guess let me add another quarterback, elite elite quarterback free agent Joe Flacco 
Oh, God damn it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure he'll be back in Denver at any time. No, they love Drew Locke. I know that. But I wouldn't. Okay, so do you think, let me ask you this. Do you think Belichick has any interest in either Cam or Jameis? No. Uh, I know Jameis to be true. Maybe Cam, but still probably not. I think they would have to have a lot of conversations, and I would assume it would turn out the same way Antonio Brown did in New England. You think like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I Cam's okay. not that kind of guy, right? Cam's thirty years old, and he's been a headache the whole time he's been in the league. I mean, with his Instagram posts, with the way he walks around, he's always typing in that weird lettering on on the social. I mean, there's no way that he goes from being so sporadic doing his mm-hmm. Superman dances to suddenly just, you know what? If yeah. he can, great. I I would I would be, I'd be happy to see Cam go best and succeed. You know, he's a junior college yeah. kid who came and went to Auburn. He's got some scrap to him. You know, that was a tough, I've rewatched that Super Bowl, that Denver Carolina, I think last week I've been taking shit, dude. dude. I mean, Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, first of all, how, how Denver won that game. is just God. Peyton was, Peyton was bad. So bad. That was, that was dude. I was watching that game and I know the outcome and I keep thinking now, nah, now nah, Carolina is going to come back. Carolina is going to go. So I, you know what? And out of all three of those guys we're talking about, we're talking about Jameis, Cam Newton and Joe Flacco. Um, I don't think Joe Flacco returns to the league. I think he's done. I think so too. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe in a backup somewhere as a mentor type role, but even I, I just don't I, see Joe Flacco as that kind of guy. I think Joe Flacco I don't think he wants to go hold a clipboard. I think he's in a situation now kind of like kind of like John Kitna where he had a couple times in his career where he's called like week 4 and they're yeah. like, "Hey, our quarterback's hurt. Can you just come in and hand the ball off for the next 12 weeks?" I think that's what Flacco is. I, I don't know if we'll see him sign before the season. And he may not play football this year. Maybe he comes back in 2021 when someone needs him, but I, for some reason, that's the feel I get. I don't think he, dude, that guy's gotten paid more money in his career to suck than anyone. So um, I don't think he's worried about money. He doesn't want to go sit on the sidelines of the Bears, Bears games and no. just, you know, I. That's true. So, so I'm very intrigued on where Jameis and, and Cam end up. Somewhere, I, though, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I think Jameis for sure will end up somewhere. And. I think it may take an injury, obviously, which would be bad. But I'm more intrigued on the Raiders situation because has there been a team so far this offseason that has put their quarterback in a body bag more than the Raiders and Derek Carr? Like, everyone's trying to trade, cut, draft them a new quarterback. Brady's going there. Cam's going there. They're going to trade up for Tua. I mean, every situation. And then they sign Mariota. So, I mean – that kind of throws another red flag. So then everyone's like, they signed Mariota. Everyone's like, ah, oh, they're done. They're, they're not. They're not interested in anyone. Are they though? I mean, is, they're go, they're starting off new in in Vegas. Gruden is somewhat on the hot seat, right? Like he's. Not, I know he's got the ten year deal, but he's somewhat on the hot seat. No, no, not that, yet. Oh no, the well, I would say in any normal circumstance, possibly, but like a new stadium move, all that shit, that's going to buy him another two years, probably. Okay, it well, yeah, but it, it will. But I'm saying you go four and twelve in the first year, you are scolding hot heading into year two. Yes, and, yes, and, and that's my point. Is like, hey, he's got to come in here and show something in year one. Like he can't flop out year one. There was a lot of cleanup to do, though. And there Derek was. Carr is part of that, I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like, so why wouldn't you go look at a 26 year old former number one overall pick in Jameis Winston, and you apparently have a quarterback whisperer in in Gruden. <laughs> Um, and now I can oh, just my, sling my, the hell out of it to oh either God, team. My, really? <laughs> my favorite coach signing is Jay Gruden to, to Jacksonville. Yes. Gardner Minshew is going to, he's ha- he, I mean, that guy just feels like he's cursed anywhere. He's going to go is going to be a terrible situation or the best situation. We're not really sure which honestly. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm intrigued. These are fun storylines. That's why I'm excited for the draft to happen to see who does get a quarterback. Um, because let's say, I mean, Miami has a ton of picks. Let's say they, they swing and miss. Let's say a weird scenario happens where Burrow goes one, the chargers go take the next five years of our picks to Washington. We want two and to take Tua. And then Miami goes, Oh shoot. We were banking on Tua. We didn't scout Herbert. 
you know, there could be some weird situations that happen. And especially since we've been in this media blackout stage and without these, we don't have the normal information. I think we do. So we're going to see something weird, right? Definitely. It's good. We're going to see teams make emotionally stupid decisions that they wouldn't make otherwise. Right. Which is the best part of this. That's what I know. That's why I'm so excited. So I hope something crazy happens like this where we end up with, let's just hope the Cowboys don't do something. So I I was just about to go there. Talk to me about Dak. Where's your head? Yeah, they they butchered this. I don't know why. You know what? They should have signed him last offseason. They saw the win steal. They thought that was, they were going to balk at that. Now they're looking at a near $40 million deal after he, uh, all the all the analytical bros on Twitter love Dak Prescott. So, um, I, I mean, you got to sign him, right? I mean, you're not yeah. restarting. You're not letting him. He's never going to hit free agency, but you're also not going to trade him. Right. Um, and you can't start over at this point. No, you cannot they, burn it down. No. And, I mean, Jerry is in absolute win-now mode. So, I, to me, I don't get it. Just get it done. This is just lingering too long. It made a situation where Omari Cooper almost went to Washington. Yeah. Because you could have gotten the DAC deal done to tag Amari. Right. It, it also allowed, you know, another chip to fall where if you would have gotten DAC and Amari done, you could have tagged Robert Quinn. And he ends up in Chicago with a huge deal. So it's just, they butchered this. I'm not sure who's to blame, but it's almost just been a snowball effect where they, they, they didn't want to stop the little snowball. And now yeah. it's just this huge one. And, and now they're going to, Dude, if they do not pay him before we start seeing these next wave of contracts with Mahomes, like they tag, they actually just tag him this year, yeah, and try to tag him next year. I don't even want, at that point. I would just say let him walk. Then yeah. I mean, he's just gonna be. So okay, so Kyle Beats is along this of of the mind like he hates everything about signing the guy to a long term deal, and I don't really get that because to your point, I don't really know what else you do like there's just no way to start this thing over and so i mean is the goal now at this point well so before i ask you that is there a strong chance that jerry's dragging this out because this is jerry's storyline thing that he does is there a chance of that happening right now oh this is a dick swinging contest for sure jerry always likes to say deadlines make deals um well we had a deadline and he didn't get any deals done this year jerry so And if you've seen anything from the Cowboys, um, Jerry's lost his power. I mean, Zeke sat out three years before the end of his contract, got a new deal. Jalen Smith balked and talked about he wanted money. He got a new deal. Lyle Collins got a new deal. Fuck, Blake Jarwin, our third tight end for the past five years, got got a number one tight end money when he's proven nothing. I like Jarwin. Don't get me wrong. I like Jarwin. Great guy. But. <laughs> not t- not number one tight end money at this point yet. Right. It, it, so I just, I don't get, I mean, the players know, and that's why Dak's holding out. He's like, screw yeah. you, man. You paid everyone else. But me. You haven't met my demands. Screw yeah. you. So then that was going to be my follow-up question then is like, so is this a situation where, you, like, are you much more comfortable with paying him more money for a short time, like a shorter time, a three-year deal or whatever, and then figuring it out? I mean, that, that seems like wishful thinking to me no you give him the fi- he's 27 years old i mean pay him through his prime no i'm with you but yeah, like, kyle, like that's kyle's told me he's like i want three years no more than that you want to that's repay crazy. him in his prime that doesn't make sense to no me. yeah that's a mistake i mean he's 27 pay him through his prime pay him through his 32 year old season i'm going into his 33 year old season you can reevaluate then but no i, I at this point, you got to pay the guy. You got to move on. You made a mistake signing Zeke to this monster deal that's just horrendous. So, you know, let's figure it out. But you know what? At the end of the day, I, I think the salary cap is such a joke. When do teams not have money to pay people? I mean, it's so manipulated with you know converting it to signing bonuses. It grows ten percent. It feels like every year. So yeah, I mean, they mess this up. And obviously, the Cowboys lost Byron Jones. I like Byron Jones. I get why he left. Uh, huge contract. I mean, I just, I, I don't think we were going to pay. I don't think him making number one corner, the number one corner in the NFL money is, is sent. No, probably not. So are you like, are you of the thinking then with the Cowboys in general, though, that are the Cowboys in general, are, are you of the thinking that this is a lightning in a bottle situation for this year? 
like brand new coach hasn't been worn down by Jerry and the media yet like still has kind of that new coach shine you've got a nice expensive running back you got your quarterback situation at least hopefully figured out you paid your receiver you know like you got a lot of good things going is is are you trying to catch lightning in a bottle here I mean I know the the goal is long-term success but I mean Jerry doesn't tend to let that really happen realistically I, I, I I don't I don't see it. I, I was very high on this team coming into last year. Yeah, and all Mike 20, McCarthy. Yeah, uh, or, or you be coming into the season last year. Yeah, yeah, 2019. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It, so all 22 starters coming back, good team. You felt like you were heading in the right direction. Well, I love Mike McCarthy. I like the signing. I like his staff. It's a veteran staff. I think they have enough flavor to them with with the analytical side to make this dangerous. I just don't see on the defensive side, though, where they can make stops. This feels like a very, like, 09 Cowboys feel where you're putting it all. Yeah, all the offense. And, I mean, right now there's not a pass rusher opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. Right. Uh, I mean, there's talk about (laughs) Randy Gregory. You know, you're bringing back a guy who's been out of the league for five years and Alden Smith. Um, You left your whole dip your whole defensive tackle line go. I know they signed Don Terry Poacher, old McCoy, great signings. I like that. Um, but you know, late Vander Esch missed the whole rest of the season. we still don't have a ton of clarity on what the hell is going on with him. Jalen Smith is horrendous, uh, tackling in space right now. He's got to get figured out. And then you lost your number one corner. You lost your safety. So I, there's just so many holes on this team yeah. and you lose an all pro center uh, in Travis Frederick. So, they need to go out. They need to fix this D-line. They need to go sign Everson Griffin, get the D-line taken care of. They need to draft a guy like C.J. Henderson out of Florida who's going to be – he's not going to fall to Dallas at 17. No. He's going to get snapped up. You can bet under 16 and a half, best bet of the NFL draft, under 16 and a half, C.J. Henderson, Florida. Done with that plug. Um, I just – I'm not excited. There's too many holes. Mike McCarthy's uh, – we don't have a slot receiver either. I mean, Randall Cobb left. Believe me, I would have for $18 million guaranteed for Bill O'Brien too. But um, <laughs> I mean, you had a guy who's getting paid $5 million, then he gets double the money and triple guaranteed from Bill O'Brien, and he's like 35. So. Bill O'Brien's <laughs> an idiot, dude. You talk about you talk about the AFC just having inept coaching with Bill O'Brien and Anthony Coaching Lynn. and GM shit too. I know. Oh, my God. They gave him the remember they gave him the interim tag and we were laughing like, all right, I mean, how much damage can he really do? <laughs> a lot is the answer to that. <laughs> and then they were like, eh, they made it to the playoffs. We'll just give him the whole thing. So yeah, and ship uh, DeAndre Hopkins out of town for peanuts. Awesome. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. God, I, I I don't know. I I think when you look at it, that you know, and we didn't talk about this at the top. Maybe we should have a little bit more the playoffs expanding to seven teams. So we'll end with that. We'll end with that. That sounds good. Um, I think, I think you like the Cowboys chances in the division. Um, Carson Wentz gets hurt every year. At this point, I'm not saying, Hey, will Carson Wentz get hurt? Carson Wentz will get hurt. He will get hurt. Yeah. Um, That's not a question. That team, Jason Peters is done. Um, They did draft Austin. I mean, their offensive line's taking a hit. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is not an elite wide receiver anymore. I'm done with that. Their offense is just not what it has been in the past. Yeah. On their side, they did reinforce the secondary in Philadelphia. I do like what they did on the defensive side of the ball. Jim Schwartz is still there, but I just have questions about just that whole team. I don't think the team likes Carson Wentz. Am I weird in saying that? It feels that it way. Just, it feels that way, right? Yeah. It feels that way because it kind of feels like the reins were handed to him. And that, that always goes over in a weird way. I, I think the team liked Foles. You know, he took him. He he, he won the playoff. It's yeah. not like Foles just started the Super Bowl. Right. You know, it's not like it was just this one and done. He took he him finished, through. Yeah. He, I mean, I understand Wentz had his MVP type season, but he finished out the regular season, week 16 and 17, mm-hmm. went to the playoffs. And I feel like the team just did not react well to Foles leaving, Wentz trying to be the leader. And it's like, hey, man, we didn't win with you. Yeah, like, you exactly. Know, you haven't done it yet. Like, yeah. hey, you still got to, I think he's got that attitude that he's done it and that that was his championship. Right. Which is fine, but also it, it's one thing to think that's another way to act like that. Yeah. And that's I, that's I, the concern. 
Yeah, and then you got you know the the yacht owner on the sideline with his freaking yeah, visor with his hair. I just don't think he's the coach that he thinks he is. I mean, you saw from that Super Bowl team that offensive staff has been picked apart. They're now they're now head coaches and OCs. You know, it was just an elite offensive staff. I think he yeah. had a perfect scenario um, where hey, they were just you just had one of the better coaching staffs. You had great personnel, and um, so I. At this point, I would favor the Cowboys. I don't think the Giants will fill up their holes. Uh, I mean, they got Jason Garrett up there calling plays for him now, so good luck there. That's a wild uh, scene. That's a wild it, scene. But that was never his. That was that wasn't ever really his problem as much as it. I mean, it was, but yeah. it wasn't right. Yeah. Um, you brought up Nick Foles. What do you think about what does that do for Mitch Trubisky's future? What does that do for the Bears in your mind? Is it? I mean, wouldn't you? I'm saying he's the starter. I don't even yes. think it's a competition. No, it's not even close. I mean, I, I don't even know why we're like, you know, talking heads will certainly use it and Bears fans will. But to me, um, you know, Ryan Pace, who got a lot of accolades as a GM a couple years ago when they brought in Khalil Mack, they had that great defense. You know, they had that great run in Trubisky's rookie year. Now everyone's dogging on him. I don't know. I feel like he's had a pretty decent offseason bringing in an actual NFL quarterback. Uh, For not much. Well, I mean, you're paying him, but. Yeah, but you didn't give up much to get him either. So yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, You're not paying Mitch, and that that matters too, right? Yeah. Well, my my thing with that team is just the defense did take a hit. Obviously, when they when they lost their defensive coordinator Denver two years or now one year two years however you want to look at it. But mm-hmm. I, I like David Montgomery. I think he's a good back. I think they have enough talent outside. Dude, I mean, I don't get the Jimmy Graham signing. What, what's everyone's obsession with Jimmy Graham? You never, you don't like anybody that's come out of Seattle that's been decent. <laughs> well, he came out of New Orleans. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, Seattle, that's true. And his so, Seattle time was very unnotable too. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't block. He's not a yeah. blocking tight end. He's too fragile for that. And now he's in his mid to late. Thir- I don't, I'm not gonna say late. He's in his mid 30s. Well, let me check it because someone's gonna tell me he's 29 years old. Oh I my god! This. I hope not because I feel like he's been around forever too. I, I I don't. Yeah, I'm with you. He doesn't really block. He's not. He's too fragile to do that. So it's he's just hurt all the time. Yeah. Okay. He's 33. I feel okay. much better. That's where I would have said he was at. But yeah. I mean, th- this guy hasn't been a good tight end for probably since that you know that one year in seattle uh when the i'm first looking, year. But i mean i i just i don't get it so th- that's my question i don't think jimmy graham really fits because they want to run they want to run downhill they want to run 21 personnel with double tight ends i mean that chicago's depth chart is littered with tight ends for some odd reason um so i, I don't get what Nagy's doing uh, i guess is my, my question i love matt Nagy as a coach i'll be intrigued um but that division's weird because we 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 pooped on that all that whole division we hated last year. Well, I liked Chicago to win the division last year, it, but the division yeah. was terrible, and it, it was it, it it went from being what was supposed to be really competitive to really terrible. Well, well, let's stay in the division. What are your thoughts on the Green Bay Packers? Because they haven't done much last off season. It's felt like they signed eleven new defensive players. This year, they've been pretty quiet. I yeah, they really have. You haven't heard a whole lot of noise at all out of any any stretch of the imagination as far as that team goes because there's and the thing is too like everything kind of hinges on Aaron Rodgers health and Aaron Rodgers in general and you just never know how that's going to go from year to year to year and I mean how old is he now got to be 36 right god isn't he older let's pull it up here pulling it up we don't have to wonder anymore 36 exactly so I thought he was getting on up there so I mean it always is relying on his health but, yeah, they haven't really put a whole lot of weapons around him that have been really helpful. And I would say that in the last few years, that's what Green Bay has missed the most is just really, really good weapons. Well, yeah, outside of Devontae Adams, and it really feels like the same story of New Orleans Saints, right? Breeze has had Michael Thomas and then kind of someone else, but not really. And that's what I feel like we've seen with Green Bay lately is it's Devontae Adams and then Oh, uh, we, you know, we don't really have anyone else right now for him. You know, they, uh, Devin Funches, they went out and signed. I mean, that's not doing much for me. I, the reason he doesn't do much for me is what does he give you different than Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams is a big red zone target, and that's really all Funches has been. 
Um, they don't really have a slot guy. They, they keep trying to go with undrafted wide receivers. Um, it just doesn't work, man. And, and their offensive line is horrendous. They lost Brian Bulaga. Uh, Billy Turner at right guard was a total sieve getting run over left and right last year. Um, and then, you know, David Bacchanare's had some injuries over the years, like Corey Lindsley, but he's been hurt as well. So it, to your point, I, I just don't know what weapon is there. So I'll be intrigued. They could be a team, J-Mac, that we could see maybe trade up for, you know, Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb. I'd be very intrigued in this Packers team if they traded up and got one of those elite three wide receivers. That would really make me interested to see what they could do. It would definitely be head-turning, that's for sure. So you got to think that's what they're going to rely on here if they haven't done a whole lot in free agency. I would think so. I would think so. Um, Well, also that division, Vikings, any, you know, traded Stephon Diggs, got pretty much the whole city of Buffalo for him. So, yeah, I, I think that was the right move though. I mean, it it seemed like that was kind of dangling by a string there and it's been, it's, that's been an off on and again, off again relationship. It seems like, and it's come to the point where, you know, it it just, it's really is not going to work as far as a locker room fit and you're best to trade him. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, so what do you think? Let's close things out. Talk about this new playoff format. Where's your, what, what are you thinking about this thing? I'm pumped. I mean, I think it's fantastic for a couple reasons. Uh, one, the NFL was way underweighted in playoff teams compared to every other league. You know, baseball, uh, basketball, what, half over half the teams in basketball make it in, it seems like. NHL is kind of the same deal. So, yeah, adding one team, I think it makes that buy even more important now. You know, getting that one seed yes. uh, creates two more games. Um, I just... I just, I like it, man. I think it's going to be more exciting for fans. I think it's going to extend the season out because pretty much most years we're locked in with six teams. I mean, like outside of how they're going to position in the standings changes. Sure. But like, you know, like Buffalo and new England this past year, Hey, they could have swapped spot type of deal, but they were both locked into the playoffs. So, right. And I'm sure someone on Twitter has done the calculation of how this would come to effect. But I just feel like every year, week 17 is so irrelevant in the NFL. And I think that was obviously the more money for games. Don't get me wrong. Money was coming to play here. But also to make week 17 relevant again. Because it hasn't been relevant for a long time. So in this whole thing, did they add a game? Or did they just relabel a preseason game away? Because wasn't that part of the the schedule movement was or the the CBA stuff was that they were trying to try to negotiate an extra game played? Yeah, right. Weren't they trying to add an? I don't think they added an eighteenth okay. game. So they no, just got the playoff thing worked out. It wasn't the actual game. I couldn't remember if they'd actually done that or not. Yeah, yeah. I don't because that was yeah. The players were not. You know, Richard Sherman was all over Twitter. I don't believe so. And if it if that did happen, our fault. Yeah. Um, let, let's uh i don't believe so yeah um i just my only thing about this is that, like whenever you start adding more teams to it and everything just some of those early round matchups are such a snooze that's definitely how it is in the nba for sure and same thing in baseball too is like the early round matchups are they're fine but they're just not always the best yeah i mean in this situation you would have seen obviously the steelers sneak into the playoffs in the afc this year see that's absurd the steelers were terrible yeah, certainly the AFC was terrible overall this year. Um, after after Tennessee at nine and seven, uh, there was only one eight and eight team. I mean, you had when you look at this, you, you had let's see here, ten teams at or below five hundred. Jesus, ten out of sixteen teams at or below five hundred in the AFC. So I mean, you just talk about it being a real top heavy, and that's what I'm saying. Why we're seeing these teams in the AFC now go for it because like. I got a window open um, without Brady there. So just to put in perspective that that's very different than what we saw, I would say necessarily in the NFC uh, after you would have the two wild cards, which were Minnesota and Seattle, you would have the Rams who were at nine and seven. Uh, you had the bears at eight and eight and the Cowboys at eight and eight. And I think generally speaking, I don't think anyone would have uh, balked at seeing the Rams or uh, Cowboys in the playoffs. I could be wrong, but I mean, uh, those Bears teams and the, that Bears team and that Cowboys team, in retrospect, those were not playoff contending teams. Yeah. But, I you mean, know, it is what it is. If you are if you expand that number of slots, I guess they are technically. 
Yeah, I mean, that, we're just going to have a new a new level for it. But, yeah. I mean, people said the same thing about the Vikings last year. They went in and beat New Orleans. I mean, that's Fair. just the NFL, man. That's, oh, for sure. Anything could happen. I don't take that part away from it. But it does seem yeah. like, I don't know. I just don't want it to be watered down, I guess, anymore than it already gets to be sometimes. I think I saw a stat. The interesting stat on this was, I think, not, so out of the past 10 Super Bowls, 19 out of the 20 participants were one or two seeds. So yeah. teams that had buys. Yep. So that's that's where I think it just creates that extra emphasis to get that one seed. Uh, it maybe changes how we see the – I think it's going to change a few things. So I'm excited. Yep. I am too, man. All right. We're going to go ahead and wrap things up. It was great getting back to talk some football. We'll be doing it more often. We're going to be doing our live draft coverage. Uh, two weeks on, from tonight. Two weeks from tonight, hopefully, as long as it doesn't get uh, <laughs> postponed. But we'll start seeing ads for that. We'll be on Facebook, YouTube, everything – We'll be streaming me, uh, JB here, Kyle Beats. We'll all be, uh, yeah, doing some special stuff, some good draft coverage, some good talk about guys in the early rounds. We've all done our our research and who needs what. And we're, we're excited to kind of break that stuff down with you guys. So um, we'll probably do something like, I think we're going to be able to do some, maybe take a few calls during the show. So uh, we'll run the number up there to remind everyone just to get ready. That number is 972-885-9361. And we will see everybody here in a couple of weeks for draft coverage. JB, take it easy, my man. You too.